from the truth of God's word. And that's to be expected, right? That's, that shouldn't be a surprise to us. It shouldn't be a surprise. And yet for us as a Christ follower, man, we have the word of God, the only truth, the only truth that can bring order to a world of chaos, that can bring hope to those who are hopeless, that can literally make dead things alive because of the power of Jesus Christ, his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection. We have that. And so this week, as we talk about this, what I want you guys to cue into, and whether or not, again, you've been walking with the Lord forever, or you didn't even know this was a church camp, I want you guys to come in and be open and willing to learn and receive everything that God has to give from when his word is taught. Our speaker this week is Darren McWaters. How many of you guys know him? I figured. A handful of you guys. We love Darren. And Darren is going to be teaching this week. We've given him quite the impossible task of going through the entire book of John. But the book of John is interesting for a lot of reasons. And let me tell you why. I'm just going to read it. You guys don't have to flip there. In the book of John, as John's writing this, he writes in uh, chapter 20, verse 30, the purpose of why he writes this book. He says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Now this is the end of the book. And what Darren gets to do this week is walk you through the whole book. I'm not going to do that tonight. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, the specific miracles and signs that Jesus does throughout the book of John, which are recorded, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so John says, man, this book is unique because I'm writing this to prove to you that Jesus is the Christ. I'm writing this to prove to you that Jesus is the Messiah, that he has come into the world to live the life that we could never live, to die the death that we deserved, and that by believing in his name, you may have life. And not just life this side of eternity, but life one day when we take our last breath and we meet our maker face to face, that we would spend eternity with him. The way I want to cover this entire week for you guys, because I think there's a tension here. If all we do at Hume Lake this week is present to you guys a really, really incredible case for Christ, and we go through all of the apologetics, and you leave here and you're like, man, I learned a lot, but I don't feel like my heart changed much. And we didn't do it in a way that demonstrates love and kindness and care for you guys. Then we've missed it. The world doesn't need more angry or frustrated Christians just saying, no, this is true, believe this. What the world needs is Christians who are devoted to the truth of God's word, boldly proclaiming it, and yet doing it in a way that demonstrates and shows love to the world around us. So flip over now to 1 Corinthians. We're going to talk about this for just a little bit. Because I want you guys to hear this. This week, you guys are going to hear probably some hard truths that maybe while you're sitting in your seat, you're sitting there going like, man, I don't like hearing this. Or this feels like I disagree. And maybe even tonight, you're feeling that. Maybe even tonight when I say, hey, Jesus claims that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him, meaning you don't get to define your version of truth. Maybe you're sitting there going like, yikes, I don't like that. 
And so what I want to cover this week in and so that you guys would know is that you are deeply, deeply loved by the creator of the universe, whether or not you call him father, he loves you. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noising, a noising, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Just before this in chapter 12, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And so he finishes up and he concludes it and then he jumps into 13 and he says, if I have all of these things, if I have faith to move mountains, but do not love, I am useless. And in verse four, he defines what love is, which is again, completely different than what our world would define as love. And it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Friend, we did not choose this theme on truth to prove a point. We did not choose this theme on truth to insist on our own way. As it says right here, love doesn't insist on its own way. We chose this theme because we love you. And we chose this theme because we believe that right here it says that love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. John 8, 31, 32. I'm gonna flip back over there. Eh, I have it written down. I'll flip back over there. Prove it to you guys, it actually says it. John 8, you guys don't have to flip there, but I will. Um, John 8, 31 through 32 says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we talk about truth and we talk about love, we want you guys to know that the biblical definition and version of truth actually sets you free. And that when we are trying to define our own versions of truth just to make sense of a world that is broken and chaotic, it actually makes things so much more worse. I don't know if that's a grammatically correct sentence, but you guys are with me, right? It makes it so much worth, worth. <laughs> Keep making fun of me, I deserve it. Worse, okay? And Jesus says, no, the truth will set you free. He goes on in 34, Jesus answers them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So who, if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. We are a bondage, we are in bondage to our sin. We are in bondage to this idea where we're trying to determine and make ourselves our own mini versions of God and determine for ourselves what we wanna be true. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're in bondage to that. The truth, abide in my word. The truth will set you free in a world of chaos and pain and brokenness that makes no sense. Jesus has an answer, whether or not it's the answer that we want to hear, whether or not it's the answer we think that we need. 
right? In a world that's hopeless, in 1 Peter 1, it says that we have a living hope because we have a living and risen Savior. So in a world where it just feels hopeless, that everything is broken, Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have a living hope. I defeated death. I defeated death for you because you never could. And so this week, as we wrestle through potentially, whoa, potentially some really difficult topics, and from the stage, I don't think you guys are going to feel like they're difficult, but what's going to happen is you guys are going to leave from the space, and you're going to go into your cabin times, and then you're going to start to wrestle through really tough conversations. Man, if Jesus claims that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and if this says that this is true in the Bible, then what does that mean for the way that I've been living? What does that mean for this worldview that I've created about who Jesus is? What does it mean for this worldview that I created where I've accepted some of these things that are completely countercultural to what the scripture teaches? You guys are going to find yourself, I assure you, in those conversations. And I would first and foremost say that I am excited for you guys to engage in those conversations because your counselors and your youth pastors are here for that reason alone to sit with you and to navigate these tough conversations because when you guys go home on Saturday, Hume Lake, I know maybe you love it, maybe you don't, maybe now you're like, I'm out forever. Hume Lake loves you, but Hume Lake does not go home with you on Saturday. We don't. Your counselors, (laughs) who said, why can't you? I can't, I've got things to do here, seven more weeks. We do not go home with you on Saturday. Your counselors and your youth pastors do. And they are with you in the trenches to navigate these conversations with you guys because it's difficult, right? I think sometimes when you guys come to Hume, I get it because I came as a camper, I came as a counselor. When you come, you get here and you're like, man, life just feels simpler here, right? Because you're surrounded predominantly by many people who proclaim Jesus Christ as their savior. You are away from all of the distractions of the world. You don't have internet, right? Who laughed? Oh, see you later. You shouldn't have internet if you do. And you're here, and you just get to focus on what God has for you. Twice a day, you're sitting in chapel sessions for 45 minutes from someone teaching you what the Bible says. So, of course, you're going to be here, and you're going to think, it just feels simpler here. But, friend, we were not meant to live life on a mountain away from a world that does not know Christ No, the beautiful thing about Hume Lake is you guys get to come, you get to be encouraged, you get to be taught from the word of God, and then you get sent back to your communities to go and proclaim the very thing that you learned at camp. And this week, the thing that you guys get to go home at the end of the week and proclaim is that I realize, or maybe you already knew, but maybe you've forgotten, or maybe you've been living like it didn't matter, That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life in a world that tells you that so many other things are true. In a world that tells you that you can determine your own version of truth. It's inaccurate. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Friend, if I was determining what's true by myself, and you guys didn't have an opinion, the world would be a disaster. Right? (laughs) You're laughing because you're like, yeah, I see that now. If we all were just truly left up to our own devices of going like, man, this thing is true and I'm going to accept this, we would be in shambles. And that's what we're feeling today. 
We're feeling that tension of living in a world that says, do what you want, do what's true for you. And yet knowing, even remotely, because even if you don't call yourself a Christ follower, you know remotely what Jesus proclaims and what Jesus says. And so this week, we get to look at that. We get to wrestle through that together. I'm so pumped. The rest of the week, kind of how it's going to work. Um, we have a film, as we normally do, for those of you who have been here. But it is done a little bit differently. It's done through six different spoken word pieces. And all it's meant to do is address the misconceptions that you guys may have about the, the specific topic that Darren's going to be teaching through. So tomorrow morning, you get to hear from Darren for the first time. And he's going to be teaching about the truth of God that God is creator and sustainer of all things, right? If he created the world, he gets to determine how the world works. We do not, right? And then we're gonna move into Monday night. We're gonna talk about the truth of scripture, that what the Bible says is true. Whether you agree or like it, what God has spoken and said and established is true for all of us. We're then going to look at Jesus' life and his teaching, what he claims, the miracles and the signs that he performs. We're going to talk about the truth of sin. The Bible teaches that all of us are dead in our sin. All of us. That there's nothing that we could do to make ourselves right before a holy God. Which is why when God the Father sends Jesus, his son, his only son, to live the life that we could never live, to die the death that we deserve, for all who proclaim his name will be saved. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what sin means. We're going to talk about that we're dead in it unless we claim Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're going to talk about the good, amazing news of the gospel, right? That we couldn't make ourselves right before a holy God, but because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, God the Father looks at us with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see old Sarah. He sees his son. And at the very end of the week, we're going to talk about what now? truth of the life of the believer, if all of these things are true, if everything that we're about to unpack and talk about this week is true, then what should my life look like? Then what does that mean? What does that mean? How do I live the Christian life in a world that just wants me to determine my own version of truth when Jesus teaches something so completely opposite? I am so excited that you guys are here. I firmly believe that you are here. Every single one of you is here for a purpose, whether or not you feel that way, whether or not you're like, but I just got the call this morning that someone dropped out, and so now I get to go to camp. Praise God if that's you, right? Is it you? I know. See, it's someone. There's always one. You guys think I don't know these things. I do know these things. I am so excited that you guys are here. I'm excited to hang out with you guys all week long. I'm excited for you guys to wrestle through this because, listen, you are in such a safe space with people that love you and want to help you guys navigate all of the questions that you have. Are you guys excited for a good week at camp? Good. Good. I'm excited for a good week of camp. So far, don't tell anyone, even though this is recorded, this is my favorite week so far. Shh. Hannah, cut that out. Um, here's what we're going to do. I am going to pray for us, and then I am going to dismiss you guys. And when I do, 
Gentlemen, you guys are going to go to Memorial Chapel with Mikey and all the dudes. Dudes. Ladies, where are you? You guys, there you are. You guys, and if you're in the balcony, ladies, you guys will come downstairs and you'll come down here with me. Cool? All right. Let me pray and then we'll dismiss you guys. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this group of students and counselors and youth pastors. God, I'm so excited that they're here. Father, thank you for Darren. God, for Darren being here to teach and challenge us from your word. Father, I pray tonight, even as we begin to talk about truth, God, that we would be challenged in the way that we view truth. God, that we would be challenged in understanding that we don't get to define it. Lord, that you have already defined it and it is in your word. God, I pray for just this group of individuals who's here, God. Would you work in such a mighty way, Father, as we know that you will, because where your word is taught, it will not return void. So, Father, we thank you for that promise. God, thank you for uh, just the counselors and youth pastors who have given up a week of their time to be here to walk alongside these students, God, as we navigate some tough questions in a world that is so hostile to the truth. Lord, would you, would you work in such a powerful way? Lord, would you allow everyone in this space to know that they are loved? God, that we are communicating this theme out of love and because of love. Father, not because we want to insist on our own way. So Father, would you give us a greater love for you, God, a greater understanding of your word, Father, and a greater passion to communicate your word to a world that so desperately needs it. Father, would you give us boldness, God, and excitement. Father, we're excited for what you have in store this week at camp. We love you and pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, squad. Gentlemen, you guys are out of here. Go to Memorial. Ladies, you can come on down.